On the White House lawn, September the 15th, 2020, the peace agreements brokered by the United States of America between Israel, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain were signed. The peace agreements between the nations would be known as the Abraham Accords, in homage to the biblical patriarch of both Jews and Muslims. The Accords have ushered in a new era for Israel and the Gulf region, enabling diplomatic relations, trade, commerce, tourism and cultural exchange. The Accords have the potential to impact the trajectory of the Middle East. The Abraham Accords podcast will be your source of quality conversation for anyone interested in the region with weekly guests on a range of topics from all signatory nations. My name is Robert Curtis and I will be co-hosting this podcast with Fleur Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem and my co-founder of the UAE Israel Business Council. Thank you for joining us. Fleur, excited to be back for another podcast. Absolutely. As always, Rob, it's not a end of the week if we don't have another podcast. I know. It's exciting to get these out on a Friday. People sort of are starting to expect them, which is nice. You told me that someone in the supermarket came up to you. I know. Somebody in the meat counter came up to me and said, I love your podcast. I'm like, really? I'm no, I had no idea that they're getting so popular. So well done, Rob. You're the, you're the guy behind all this. Very good. Well, we are honored to welcome Ambassador Nair to the Abraham Accords podcast this week. Ambassador Nair is the first head of diplomatic mission for Israel and the UAE since the normalization of ties between both the countries and only touched down there in recent days. Ambassador Nair has had a 30-year career in service and dedication of the State of Israel, Ambassador to Turkey, Azerbaijan, Deputy Ambassador in the United Kingdom, our hometown, um, and he now has this hugely historic role, and we're absolutely delighted to be able to speak to him today. Ambassador Naya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on it. It's such an honor to get to talk to you, um, and I have to say, not, not just that you have this historic role opening the first mission in a Gulf country um, and the UAE, but also um, everywhere I go, I hear such amazing things about you, Ambassador, and about your incredible career uh, with some very colorful episodes also in, in this career, which I think we're gonna explore a little bit, right, Rob? Indeed, indeed. But talking about your career, Ambassador, um, let's just start off. How did you choose diplomacy as a career? And, and, and take us through a little bit of that journey. Well, the story is, 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 uh, is long and it has a history because I, I didn't choose it. I, I was recommended by um, a very close third generation friend. And I said third generation because the grandparents, uh, our mothers, and now us, are good friends. Uh, my mother is from Holland. She's a Holocaust survivor. Uh, my friend, Rosa, um, um, is also a daughter to a Holocaust survivor. Our mothers were friends in Holland in the pre-war time. They went to, to the same school. And uh, the parents were also uh, good friends. So my, our grandparents were good friends. And um, they, uh, they were both saved by the uh, Dutch underground and kept in touch throughout the years. And uh, in 1979, uh, she came for the first time to Israel with her mother. Um, I spoke to her. She asked lots of questions about the Israeli Arab conflict. I answered the best I could. I was only 16. We stood in the, in the water. And when I finished, she said, you know, you ought to go to the front office. 
<laughs> well, you obviously did a great job answering those questions. Well, um, <laughs> she was impressed. I don't know about anybody else, but she was impressed at the time. And uh, she really planted the idea in, in me that, you know, that's where I should go. Uh, so um, I was in, in high school, so I, I studied political science and, and then English as you know, major, thinking that that will be good enough for the Foreign Office. A little bit, I know, <laughs> but, but that, that, said, that really set me in the direction. And she planted the idea in my head. I had all kinds of ideas when I was younger. Sounds amazing. And what has been, I guess, you know, if you can just share with us some of your uh, most in interesting experiences. I mean, where were you sent first when you were sent abroad? And how was that experience, being an ambassador or a consul for the first time? Well, I was um, supposed to be sent um, to Kazakhstan back in 1993 uh, as a second secretary as soon as I finished my cadet course. But uh, since my wife uh, was pregnant, that could have not happened. So they diverted me really very short time before I was supposed to leave for Kazakhstan to, to Turkey. So my first posting was Ankara. I, I arrived there on my own. My, my wife stayed uh, at home. She was pregnant, a newcomer from, from the UK. So I was completely on her own. And um, that's how I started. After my uh, daughter was born, we both came back to, uh, to Turkey. I obviously came back to Israel for the birth. And uh, spent some amazing four years in, in Turkey, building up uh, relationships almost from scratch. We had a mission there at the time, but no uh, much content uh, to them then and had very intensive first four years from then i moved to chicago for two years uh, working with the uh, jewish community of communities all over the midwest uh, other communities and um, headed back to israel and in two years was sent as ambassador to baku azerbaijan for four years they thought that my Turkish was good enough uh, for the, uh, to study quickly Azeri, which these are two very uh, close common languages, like Yiddish to, to German. Not quite, but that was the thought at the time. And from uh, Azerbaijan back to, back to Israel, I was uh, four years in the Prime Minister's office, um, seconded to the National Security Council the diplomatic secretariat near the uh, prime minister's uh, cabinet and from there to london where i spent a beautiful three and a half years and um, an ambassador did you see this coming with the uae and the the rest of the gulf countries i mean you were in the no. national security council uh what were your feelings when you heard about this very later, obviously, look, this is a breakthrough. There is no doubt. Um, it's, it, it's one thing to say when you watch it on TV and you see the prime minister and the, the foreign minister here and then the president of the US sign these deals. And it's, it's another thing to board a plane and to actually you know, see destination Dubai on the, on the, on the, on, on, on the gate and um, watch the plane as it, you know, inch closer to, uh, to Dubai airport and then land here, you know, the, the, the reception, come here and realizing that, you know, we are in Abu Dhabi and we, yeah, going to open 
<laughs> an embassy. Um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I think it's it's it's, it's mega. You know, um, from a national point of view, our interest, the region, um, uh, the Israeli foreign uh, foreign office. Uh, been doing it quietly for many years together with other government agencies, holding the contracts, keeping people here under uh, pseudonym, you know, incognito. Um, and now we are out in the open and it's, uh, I'm grateful, grateful, excited, uh, honored, humble. Well, how did you feel when you got the call? Um, happy, mainly happy. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, once I realized it, it, it can happen, I, I wanted it. I, um, I got it and um, I was happy. I was called to the foreign minister. He uh, basically gave me the mission. First, my uh, director general, uh, Ambassador Uspins, and then the foreign, uh, the foreign minister called me and gave me the, uh, you know, the marching orders, uh, the priorities, the mission. Um, and uh, off we went. What What does it mean to you to serve Israel in these roles personally? A lot. Uh, look, I, I joined the Foreign Office and uh, truly believed in the world's civil servant and, 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 and really to, to serve. That's why I went to Turkey in the 90s. That's why I went to Azerbaijan or, or, or to the UK or, or wherever, wherever I was sent. So... Um, I think that's that's what we get up in the morning to do this kind of job. That's why I get up in the morning to do this kind of job. Um, I had a few first, and I, I studied in almost every interview. So excuse me for repeating myself, but I had a few first in my career. I mentioned it before. This is, I think, the most exciting one on, on many aspects. Um, to see Emirati and. Uh, youngsters talking to Israeli youngsters about the Holocaust, Emiratis listening very tentatively, um, learning, maybe hearing for the first time about the, uh, about the Holocaust, about the, the evidence, you know, the testimonials of Holocaust survivors in Arabic yesterday on a, on a Zoom call. That was incredible. That really was historic. It, it was. I, I, I was almost crying. I was kind of, you know, um, and you saw the, uh, the reactions. Of the, of the Emiratis who listened to it. Um, one of them was simply angry. She couldn't believe that such evil uh, could exist. And I think we have a mission there uh, to, uh, as a stand to a Holocaust survivor, of course, in a, on a very personal level, to explain the Holocaust also to those who didn't know much about it. Um, no point in you know, those who don't want to know, but those who want to know, to explain to them, to, to make them understand where we, Jews, where we, Israelis, are coming from, what we're carrying uh, with us on our backs, obviously looking into the future, looking forward, but the baggage that we bring with us. I think what is really interesting about what you've just said is the socio-cultural um, rapprochement and normalization as well that is you know it's this grassroots learning people to people that you know we've spoken about this before Fleur you know it wasn't something that was available through for many reasons with Egyptian and Jordanian peace deals you know 40 years ago but, um, it sounds like ambassador that there is this 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 real warmth and, and willingness to try and learn and understand culturally both peoples 
what amazes me here, amazes because I didn't know it before, because I wasn't aware, uh, is the openness, the curiosity. Uh, the few people I had already chance to talk to are talking about how curious they are to visit Israel, to learn about our culture, our history, uh, our foods, uh, you know, the, the, the country, uh, the people. And, and, and that's an openness which um, it moves me. You know, we, we spent the last 72, um, so 73 years, uh, uh, you know, um, how did Ben-Gurion say? Our hand is, 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 is you know, in front of you, you know, um, you know reach, is reaching out to you for peace. And um, I think this is the source of the enthusiasm in Israel. Our, our extended hand was, was met with, a, you know, uh, with its equal, another extended hand towards us. The bridge over uh, uh, many years and a lot of uh, uh, time that has passed and then through very quickly. You know, I've, I've seen relations uh, in the past, you know, when, when you draw relations and, you know, agreements that are being signed and countries being hesitant and, you know, looking left and right and, and, and moving very slowly. And in four months, five months, eight agreements already been signed. More are in the process of, of, being, of being signed. 130,000 Israelis already visited the UAE. And you know what, with all the media about the behavior of the Israelis, my London friends who've been here told me that behind our backs, the Emiratis are telling them how happy they are to see Israelis visiting the Emirates. And obviously at first Dubai, Abu Dhabi is closed, but uh, you know, it's, it's all very, very moving, very exciting. I think one of the things that we keep hearing from Emiratis that Fleur and I have been speaking to is the leadership is so important in driving this, this, this movement towards warmth and collaboration and the agreements and actually making it real. Are you, are you already sensing that? I sense that, of course, and I think there is something that we um, in Israel and Jews around the world can, can relate to. Israel was established on, on uh, you know, on the wings of a dream. I have a dream. I have a vision. If, if, if we want it, we can do it. You know, Herzl, he had a vision. Uh, our founding fathers had a vision. They built a state based on that vision. When you look around the, 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 the window here, you see the same thing. You see that the, the founding fathers of this country having uh, had and having a, a vision and, and, and acting upon it. And um, in, in a short time, uh, the Emirates um, is, is younger than us in terms of, you know, uh, years independence. But look what they have achieved. And um, one should come here humbled. I, I agree with you. I think we have, actually, I think we have so much in common with the UAE, uh, two countries, modern countries, modern economies, leading economies in the Middle East, uh, small countries, almost the same size um, in terms of its population, and this kind of willingness all the time to try and innovate and reinvent itself. Um, and, I, and I really agree with you that the main, the main feeling I get is this kind of curiosity for the other. Um, and, you know, and you mentioned the Holocaust and what I find also, what I found when I got there is that me as a Mizrahi or Safari woman or however you, you define it, um, you know, people are very curious at the fact that we actually have a common heritage. And there's a lot of things we have in common uh, from all the Jews that come from the different Arab countries. And I think that's also something 
that they weren't quite aware of. And, and for me, it, it's been an incredible bridge, cultural bridge um, to the people that I've met in the UAE. Culturally, I think we can do quite a lot. There is um, a student film festival that is going to open together and uh, online. Uh, really, sky's the limit. And uh, I'll tell you what else we have in common. You know, um, at the basis of every um, progress, innovation, is, is, is two words. Why and how. Why is it like this? How can I make it better? And, you know, we know it because that's what we, we always ask these questions, and, and that's at the, at, at the bottom of, you know, uh, why the West has moved uh, very quickly. And it's at the bottom of here, where they're moving very quickly, because they ask the same questions. They, they uh, you know, uh, from, from what I witnessed so far, and it's little, but I think it's telling, why and how? How can you make things better? The, the, the government here gets up in the morning and asks itself, how can we make things better? That's my, you know, from what I read, what I hear people, how they speak about the government. How can we make things better? And, and it's, it, it, it's really, that, that, that's, that, that's how it starts. This is how you start moving forward because you are not happy with what you've achieved so far and you want to move forward. And I think it's true for, for us, you know, restless as we are, and it's also true here. And um, the interesting thing here is that you come to a very advanced country and uh, very modern, that has a lot to offer to us Israelis in terms of teaching us and showing us the way in many areas that we can learn and learn from them. Um, it's, it, I agree, it's totally. Really, we have complementary it's mutual, strengths. It's mutually beneficial in two relationships. It's, it's, it's a true you know, cooperation in a true sense. Um, I've got some advantages, you have some advantages we can combine, and if there are problems that we're both are looking for a solution to, let's work together to solve it. R&D centers, research and development. Um, this is where this country is going. And you know, um, Israel is, is basically you know, proud of, of the fact that it's going the very same way moving forward. What do you see as the, I guess, the why and the how of your your mission, and uh, obviously establishing the long term, um, you know, embassy within within the region? Um, what's the mandate for for your mission, and what do you see as sort of the first priorities of of setting setting in the roadmap? Build, develop relationships, long term relationships. Build and develop long term relationships. That's basically. That's it. I guess from from a diplomacy textbook point of view, that's probably where you know we've excelled in so many relationships around the world because of that focus on building and developing them. We're in a region where, yes, we may have had contacts, but we didn't have deep networks and relationships. So it sounds like that's going to be a big focus for you. Look, um, the um, a lot of work has been done by many people. Um, they're not all known by their names. Uh, sometimes it was behind the scenes. As I said, incognito, uh, they came and they went and they, they nurtured these relationships. And, uh, and, and we have really to give kudos to them. Um, the foreign ministry uh, had representatives here. The foreign ministry is, is, is now, you know, collaborating with, with many other governments, uh, almost all all government offices, 
to to bring together all the um, all the know-how that we have within all the whatever everybody wants to do whatever everybody has things that we ought to do um, integrating the Israeli interests into into policy and to and to pull uh, that uh, train uh, forward. Uh, because our interests are the best, almost every government office, I can't think of any that doesn't have any, any, any interest, any, any common grounds to find here at the Emirates. These are both very advanced countries. And, and when you see the Minister of Education at the Emirates, the Minister of Education in Israel, or the, the Minister for, uh, for, for, for the young people, or food security, or, or for yeah, finance and every, Really, every ministry, every from the ground we're stepping on, you know, from agriculture and, and, and you know, growing um, agricultural uh, produce uh, and facing the challenges and the elements in doing so uh, to to space. The Emirates are the first Arab country to launch uh, a mission uh, to launch a rocket to uh, to Mars. That's that's uh, uh, that's what we can do together. It's space tech to agrotech from the from the grounds to the space. <laughs> I love that. I... Also, just the fact that we're looking at the region um, and our challenges together, because ultimately we 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 have the same challenges. We have very similar challenges. Mm-hmm. But I think for for us anyway, I just feel that this feeling that we're not alone in the region anymore. And I know we've had peace agreements with Jordan and Egypt and they have kept uh, you know, stability in the region. But this type of warm peace with an Arab country, we still haven't seen. This is really the first time and, and all the domino effect of all that with Morocco and Bahrain. And for me, it's just the, the feeling, just a very personal feeling that we can now look at the challenges of the region as a region rather than as an individual country fighting the elements on our own. And I, psychologically for me, that, 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 that makes me feel calm. I don't know well, maybe it's just illusions, but, but that's how I feel. Well, you know, the, the peace agreements that we signed uh, with our immediate neighbors, the, Egypt and, and Jordan are extremely important. Um, the relationships that we have now, um, growing relationships that we have now with the Emirates, with Bahrain, Morocco, um, are really creating all of it together, creating what, what, what we call a corridor of peace, a corridor of stability. Um, we, we face some of the same challenges. Uh, we are, uh, of course, concerned about our security. We are two small nations. Yeah. Uh, we want to continue to grow and progress. Um, and I think that we both realize and that we find in each other that we are forces of good in this region, that we really strive to make this region a better place. We don't have to agree on anything, on everything. We don't have to, um, you know, uh, say amen about everything that they say or that or they have certainly not have to say amen about everything that we say or do. But we decided to put these on one side and whilst working on them and trying to solve the problems, also move forward and look and, and look to the future. And I think that will help what happened. Uh, th- th- that will help solving uh, other problems as well. 
because those relationships can serve as a model of how to make peace, how to progress, and how to solve problems together rather than from afar, you know, exchanging barbs and, 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 and boycotting each other. On the contrary, look at the Israelis. Look how Israelis were, were excited about, uh, about this uh, normalization process. But the, sorry to cut across you. So, some of the obviously things that we've been speaking about so far are, you know, warm-hearted, we're friends, it's cultural, it's tourism. But there are some very serious regional problems that we face together, obviously vis-a-vis -vis particularly Iran and their sort of vicarious reach across other countries as well. Um, we're already seeing this week with the Biden administration, some changes of policy and attitude toward the region. Even today, we're seeing in, the, in breaking news uh, around the F-35s that were obviously some, in some way part of the deal to the UAE have been frozen. Um, it's, it's going to require obviously a lot of collaborative diplomacy on a strategic level, militarily, diplomatically, for regional security. I mean, this is potentially one of the most important relationships for Israel in the next 50 years. I can tell you that from an Israeli perspective, uh, we don't see a change in, in, in American policy uh, from what we see as, as, as Israelis. And uh, you, you saw it probably in the news, uh, the foreign minister has spoken to, uh, to his American counterpart. I don't think we sensed any any change uh, in American policy towards uh, the peace uh, the peace agreements between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain. That will continue, and uh, there, there, there is a recognition of its importance. Certainly, from the way we see, it. I'm not a very good spokesperson, but from an Israeli point of view, we didn't see the foreign minister doesn't see uh, did not hear from his American counterpart any misgivings uh, about it. These relationships are important um, on, on, on many aspects, uh, security, stability, um, and, and, and of course trade. And, and I think you know, the, the, the spread of, of, of trade, opening of trade routes will spread peace. And it creates an interest and um, is important. Uh, that's why I said in the beginning, build and uh, develop, and you can say also deepen, long-lasting relationships and that means cooperation on all fields. It sounds like that united voice though from a diplomatic perspective is going to be really important to both parties over the next few years with a US administration that will have a different outlook to the one that came before vis-a-vis -vis the region. I mean it, it, it can't be sort of brushed over. There is going to be a sea change in attitude and I think we can expect, and, and perhaps you're already thinking about expecting, you know, a, a very different diplomacy where you're highly collaborative with your partners in the region vis-a-vis -vis the voice with America. You know, you said before that in, in this uh, normalization process, peace process, the leadership have played a very significant role. But, you know, I remember in the 90s uh, reading an article in the LA Times that I think the headline was uh, peacemaking in the public opinion. And, and I think that, you know, allow me to tap on our own shoulders, but the Foreign Office has made a tremendous work in you know, opening up the art world, in opening virtual embassies, our, um, our social media engagement. 
uh, was such that we were able to uh, really open the eyes and ears and hearts of, 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 of many, uh, many Arabs in, in various countries. But, you know, these are in really millions, that the exposure of our uh, uh, web pages, social media, almost a billion. You know, Israel has today disagreements with almost half of the Arabs living in a region. Half, most half. Um, and I think that's, that, that's a telling. Now, I can tell you from my own small experience, really, I'm, I'm, you know, it's only been a few weeks since my appointment was made public. It's, uh, very few days, you know, a few days, less than a week since I arrived here. And my LinkedIn and Twitter account and, 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 and Facebook and Messenger um, and the Instagram are really full of uh, congratulatory uh, messages from Mauritania to Pakistan, uh, to India, uh, through Iraq, uh, Kuwait, Egypt, even Jordan, of course. Um, all of it. I mean, people suddenly, you know, somebody has cut the Gordian knot, that, that somebody we know who it is, and then the leadership. Uh, kind of came and, and cut the Gordian knot with a, a creative uh, statecraft um, and, and diplomacy. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, you sit down together with Bahraini and Emirati youngsters. Uh, Saudis, Iraqis want to meet you and talk and talk business. You know, I. Somebody told me that when I sent her an email for my new official um, email account, and it says uh, HOM, head of mission, at Abu Dhabi, that MFA.gov.il, at Abu Dhabi. It's, it, it's only an email, right? But, but she told me how moved she was when she saw at Abu Dhabi, you know, Israel at Abu Dhabi. So. It really is a new era. And I just want to ask you something, because you really know um, some of our other neighbors quite well, like Turkey. Um, and of course, the, the overwhelming feeling I got when I was there is the fact that they really don't like Turkey over there in the UAE. And now Turkey all of a sudden is wishing to make a rapprochement with Israel. How do you see this whole dynamic of course, as much as you can say, how do you think is the way forward, I guess, for a more uh, inclusive uh, Abraham Accords domino effect here? Look, uh, I, I don't deal with Turkish affairs anymore. So, so I, I limit myself to, 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 to my remit, which is today Israel and UAE. I can say in, in, in very general terms that um, in today's world, you know, of a free flow, of almost free flow of social media, you do have to separate between people and leadership. Yeah. So when you say countries, it's, 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 it's governments and, and, and people. I've been to Turkey twice and I've seen both. And I've seen a lot of love for Israel and understanding of uh, interests and strategic interests and a wish to have better and warmer relationship, uh, relationships with Israel. So I'm overall optimistic. Um, I, 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 right. certainly see it, I, I certainly see it here at the any rate, um, and, and maybe because we sit here in a kind of a center uh, stage, or because we open an embassy and it's exciting, not just for us Israelis, 
but for many people throughout the region, uh, the, the excitement and the change of, of, of the minds. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and people suddenly realize that, yes, we can disagree, but make peace. We don't have to wait until we agree on everything. Agree. We still make peace. And, and, yeah. and then we can argue, and then we can dis discuss, and then we can uh, understand where your point of view is coming from, where my point of view is coming from. You can agree with me or not, but it doesn't mean we cannot live together. And peace is not about agreeing on everything with each other. It's about living together. I think that's probably been the regional stumbling block for 72 years that in any negotiation, you know, I've come from a business world, when you try and go after the whole pie, often you don't, you don't win. When you try and catch a whale, you usually can't, but you can catch lots of little fish and eventually you make a fish farm and uh, there's lots you can agree on. Um, I'm, I'm super blown away by what you said about social media, actually. How, how just generally, do you see diplomats and yourself in this new mission using social media from your official accounts to embrace what you're doing within the UAE and obviously telling that story back to us here in Israel? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm 57 years old, so you can imagine that um, it's all, you know, uh, my first computer was bought when I was uh, 34, my first uh, PC. <laughs> Uh, and, now you're making me feel young. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I admit that myself, I, I, I wasn't aware so much about the importance and the level of penetration of social, social media and, and to change hearts and minds uh, throughout the region. Our region. Uh, obviously, I was in London and I, was, uh, you know, I witnessed the uh, very uh, lively uh, debates on, on, on Facebook um, or, or on, uh, on, on Twitter, but I wasn't aware of how, how, how deep uh, uh, penetration it has here in our region and how important it is in shaping uh, views of the younger generation and uh, how different platforms of social media and, and how quickly. You know, I posted a few days ago, two days ago maybe, I posted something at 2 a.m. I, I, I had a very long day, and I, you know, at the end of the day, I posted something. And um, from the foreign office in Israel, they told me that within a short time, it had 300,000 views, engagements. And, and like, you know, a, a very high ratio of, you know, um, engagement views, which is, you know, uh, uh, more than usual. And, and, only to show uh, the importance of using this, this tool in a, in a toolbox. Now, as important as it is, it doesn't substitute, it's another tool, but it doesn't substitute the personal engagement, touching people, meeting people, uh, meeting the leadership, uh, meeting journalists, meeting the academia, the business people, but it's all tools, tools in, the, in, in the toolbox. None substitute the other, it, it's, it's adding. People told, told me, asked me whether the advance of technology doesn't make diplomats redundant. And so on the contrary, it makes us more, way more busy. <laughs> it's incredible, really. Um, but the, everybody's so, I think everybody's so um, just excited, thirsty. And social media is the immediate thing that you can express, you know, to follow you, to 
retweet you, uh, to send you a message. It's also so direct. It's such a way for you to connect with all these new people that now want to be your friend because you are representing, you are Israel to them, the embodiment of Israel. Yes. That's super exciting. I agree. No way to come and see you. I hopefully should be there in the next month or so. And hopefully this time they'll That's let me into Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Maybe you'll help me get into Abu Dhabi. I've, I've had the vaccines. <laughs> well, Flo, you can put me in your suitcase because I'd like to come on that trip too. And uh, Ambassador Naya, we are absolutely honoured to have had you on the podcast today. We wish you huge success in your mission. And please, God, it should become a permanent appointment that you should be our first ambassador to the United Arab Emirates. There is so much to be hopeful about, so much positivity and excitement and you are, as Fleur said, the embodiment of Israel on the ground there. So we miss you. Godspeed and good, good, much success. It was really wonderful. And Beshat as we say in Hebrew, uh, should it only be successful for you and for all of us. And I really think uh, now more than ever that they, they picked the right guy. Well, uh, thank you. We'll see about that uh, soon. Uh, <laughs> ever the diplomat. Yet. Ever the diplomat. <laughs> well, I'm relieved. Uh, Put it that way. <laughs> We like to do things also, not just to talk about it. But um, again, I think that even as 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 uh, as we are so close to the events, we can st still see the magnitude of change that was brought about by um, uh, by, by signing the accords, by taking it out of the open. And I'm sure that we will see more of it in the, in the near future. And thank you very much for allowing us to bring it to, to, to bring it out to make it public. Amen. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining Fleur and I on the Abraham Accords podcast. Remember to subscribe so you can be updated on more episodes.